0: of year again. You know, we're entering into a holiday season, and people's already started the hustle and bustle. We were in Falls yesterday, David, and we did see the panic set in already, so it's kind of, kind of scary. But you know, I always, at holiday time, I always get a little bit nostalgic in, in the way I look at things. I always remember the holiday meals at Thanksgiving and Christmas at my granny's house, and all the pies that she made, and the dressing that she made that nobody can duplicate because uh, nobody really knew what she put in it every year and never wanted to ask, you know, how it I used to think about all the time I played with my cousins, and believe me, I had a whole slew of them uh, getting into things we probably shouldn't have. But we had a lot of fun and made a lot of memories. But I've also been thinking about Merle Hackett, now, you're probably thinking, you know, how, how does Morrow fit in with family? And, and, and the truth is, he absolutely does not. But I'll tell you what he did. He had a song back in the 70s that was called, Roots of My Race. And, and I don't know if you remember that song or not, but, but he's talking about he's traveling down the blacktop and he turns off onto the gravel road. He travels way back in the sticks uh, to the old home place. And when he pulls up to the old house he goes up on the porch and there was his dad in an easy chair, his favorite chair. He's holding a picture of his recently departed mother. And Merle goes on and he talks about the nature of his mother, the Christian woman that she was. He, he, he talks about his father who was known as a fair but firm man. He was a man that was Filled with honesty and integrity and when he needed something, all of his deals were were done on a handshake. Because when you get to the chorus of that song, it really kind of fits in this equation this morning. It said, the roots of my raisin run deep. I come back for the strength that I need. And hope comes no matter how far down I sink. The roots of my raisin run deep. Now, regardless of who you are, where you are today, you've got some roots somewhere. You started somewhere, and it's from those roots that you've been fed over the years, and and you've arrived at this place that you are right now. And you know what? When life starts to press down on us, guess where we return to? And that's our roots. We go back to the ones that we know understand us. Uh, We know that they're going to accept us. We know that they're going to love us. Remember what Merle said was this. He he said, I come back for the strength that I need. And I come back for a hope that comes no matter how far I sink. We can apply this in, in a lot of different situations. It definitely applies to our families of this earth. You know, Robert Frost once wrote, he said, home is the place where you have to go, that when you have to go there, they have to take you in. And and there's a certain truth to that, and we're not talking about the house, we're talking about the family and the friends and everyone that, that impacted us as we were growing up. But this is what we know, we're going to be accepted, and we know that they're going to look beyond the current situation, and, and we know that they're going to help us put new life and energy into who we were while we overcome who we've become. Now, you got to understand that our roots is born the person that we do become. And growing up, we, we learn obedience, we learn a work ethic, we learn how to love, we, we learn whom to love, Prayerfully, we developed a connection with God at a very early age. You know, from the love that surrounded us in our beginning, uh, we learned, we lived, and we loved by example. And 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 I was truly blessed with with uh, parents and grandparents that 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 taught me Scripture at a very early age and, and encouraged me to develop a relationship. <laughs> But I, I'm, I'm reminded of Paul in Second Timothy 1, in verse 5, when he says, I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois, and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. So when you have that foundation, it shows. And, and it gives you a connection. Timothy had a faith that... Um, grew from a seed that was planted very early in life by a mother and grandmother that loved him, uh, he, and he had a place to go. And, and I'm not talking about necessarily a physical presence in front of his mother and, and, and his grandmother, but he had a place to go when he felt challenged, when he uh, felt that life was pressing down, and, and, and circumstances that were just overwhelming, and he was able to face those because he was coming back to his roots. I think of the time of my, my granny who uh, read scripture up to the late in life. She had failing eyesight. She had a giant print in her Bible and she still used this huge magnifying glass. And, and it was really a physical inconvenience to her. It was hard for her because she had to struggle, but you know what? She felt it was an imperative that she had to do. Not just for her, but for her grandchildren uh, to instill in them the same love that she had. And it's an imperative that we have to to face our children and share Jesus with with our children and our grandchildren to plant that same type of seed so so that they, they have the roots that they can come back to. It's necessary that we take the responsibility of planting that seed. And not just plant it, but to nurture it and and, and to help it grow and develop uh, into what it should be. So it becomes a mature faith and and, a faith that just shines out later in life. And you can't start too early on that. And and, and even in the story of Jesus, if if you go back to Luke 2... And if you're familiar with the story, Um, he and his family were about to return home from Jerusalem. Uh, Luke 2 and 39 said, So when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own city Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong in spirit and filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And you know the rest of the story after about a day's journey uh, Joseph and Mary, they missed him. And, and that may sound like a bad thing. It took them two days to figure that out. But you got to understand, they had a mass of people that were traveling together. And so many of them were related. And Ken, You just assumed that somebody else had them. And he just went on. And when they figured out that he wasn't there, then they started to look. In fact, Mary did the motherly thing, and she got a little bit on the canning side but what they did was they returned to Jerusalem and where did they find him? At the temple. He was setting before the, the uh, teachers and they were amazed and he spoke in a way that, that a child shouldn't be able to speak and understand. Beginning in verse 48, the conversation or exchange between Mary and Jesus goes like this. He says, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father, and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. But the rest of the story is this: they return back to Nazareth, and he tells us, and this is the important part, Jesus was subject to. And his mother kept all these things in her heart and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. When you consider these words, Jesus had to grow up. And he had to be led, it says. If you go to the book of Proverbs, in Proverbs 1, verses 8 and 9, it says, My son, hear the instruction of your father. And do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. Then in Proverbs 4, the end of verse 1, it says, Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to, to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender, and the only one in the sight of my mother, He also taught me and said to me, Let your heart retain my words, keep my commands and live, get wisdom, get understanding, do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth, do not forsake her, and she will preserve you, love her, and she will keep you. You see the connection between parent and child, between teacher and student? There's got to be one that's willing to give, and there has to be another that's willing to accept. And when we read in Luke chapter 2, we, we found that Jesus, in his return home, you had the same relationship. You had parents that guided, and you had a receptive son in Jesus. And we know the results of that. He grew, it said, in stature and wisdom and in the favor of God and men. It's from that relationship that Jesus and his parents had, and it's that relationship that the proverb writer is describing that was formed in childhood, that later in life strength is found and hope is lived. Now, in my growing up years, I, I worked in, the, in each of the pond And one, one of the things we did was grafting pine trees, and and we didn't do the grafting on the peaches, but they were all grafted uh, plants. And just to kind of give a a Reader's Digest version of this, when you graft, what you're doing is you're taking a stick from one tree and placing it on the, the, the primary trunk. But there's a layer, and everybody in here has that bark back, and you find that slick stuff underneath the bark. Well, folks, that's the living layer of that tree. And what you're doing when you're grafting is you're taking the cambial layer from this tree, putting it in contact with the cambial layer in this tree. And they form a union. Now, the reason you do that is because you're using a native stock that is adapted to the disease, to drought, to all kinds of adverse conditions, and taking an improved variety on the top. That's the difference between the native pecans the size of your thumb, and the Comanches, and the Choctaws, and all those other Indian tribes that they grow on trees. So we get these nice, big nuts that have so much more meat to them. And, and, And the object is... If you use the natives, you get the small pecans, but they're tasty, but small, and a lot of hard work if you've ever cracked them. Or you get the big, high-quality nut from it. Well, turn to Romans 11. And I think you see there's a parallel here that that is so important to us in Romans 11, beginning in verse 16, it says this. It says, For if the first fruit is holy, the want is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches were broken off, and you, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them became a partaker of the root and fatness of the olive tree, Do not boast against the branches, but if you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, and this is important, but the root supports you. As Christians, we're grafted into the body, and as Christians, we accept that Christ is the root that supports us, that gives us strength, and we're a branch that grows off of that. But there's an expectation that comes as that branch develops that we produce fruit. And if you continued in the reading, if you listen to what he was saying, he said, look, some of these branches are not going to take. And some of these branches are going to be barren, and they're not going to produce the fruit that they desire. And what happens to them? They're pruned away. They're pruned away. Never come back. But those that are fruitful, those that produce quality fruit, are blessed, <coughs> and they're able to 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 uh, produce more fruit. And that's our job. That's our job. In Matthew twenty-eight and verse eighteen, it says, "All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations." baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, we've all been taught growing up. We've all learned some things and we've all applied those things in our life. We've all become obedient To our parents and to Christ. And you know, as we mature, we reach out to others and we share that message with them. Yes, those lessons learned from parents, but also the lessons that we learn about our relationship with God and and with Christ. And we have to, to, to share them, to graft them into the family. But it's not finished there. You have to nurture them. And you've got to grow the new and developing Christian to be with them, to give them a place that they can feel rooted in, in their Christianity. We have to be the one that becomes the root and the raising of these young Christians. But this, this is the danger. This is the danger. Sometimes we, we begin to see others as being ours, and and we begin to take it that that in anything that, that goes awry in that process of their development is about us. It's not. John fifteen, we're, we're told that Jesus is the true vine, but the Father is the vine dresser. It's not us that does it; it's God that grants them what they have. It's God that grants them their holiness. God that grants them their righteousness. And it's not about us. But we have to continue to be there. Let's kind of break this down. It is God that established the plan. It was Jesus by his death and his resurrection that brought us the salvation and the hope that we have. It it, it was about Jesus that he handed over in that so-called Great Commission in Matthew 28. He says, look, you've got to go out and you've got to teach. You've got to baptize those who believe and continue to teach them to obey all things that he commands. But what's important to us is that as Christians, we all all are part of the same vine. That we receive our support and our strength from Christ, but we also support and offer strength to others. When one strays, there's an erring brother. It's our responsibility to reach out to him, to bring him back into the fold, to nurture him back to health, so to speak, in their spiritual life. James 5 and 19 said, If anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. The roots of my race and New Run Deep, you, you, you can't take that away from me. You can take my home, my car, everything else. But I am who I am. And I did have those experiences. And I am a culmination of all those experiences. And you are too. But as Christians, this, this is where we really collect together. As Christians, we have the church. The church that helps to nurture the wounded. To nurture those who are new to the faith. To encourage those who are aging as Christians. To to encourage those who are facing bad times. And and that's so, so important. In Hebrews chapter 10, beginning verse 23. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another uh, in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. I've got two challenges that I want to offer to you today. One of them is, during this, this coming week, take time to get the mom and the dad and Let them know how much you appreciate what they've done for you, that you realize that they've made you who you are through their encouragement. And if they're no longer with us, just, just offer a prayer to God and say, Thank you for allowing to be in my life. But you also need to get down on your hands and knees and look up to the Father above and say, Thank you, Lord, for giving me the hope that I enjoy in this life. For giving me the assurance that I have that through you, through that vine of which I have to, there is a future with the eternity with you. And that's so important. You know, life gets tough sometimes. Life, life discourages at times. And we need to be uplifted. And we need to reach out to the strength that is ours as Christians for the hand that's waiting to pull us up and, and to carry us where we need to be. It's ours to accept. You know, God has His ear out for it and, he, and He's waiting for to, to hear from you. He wants to hear from you. Let us be of help to you this morning. If you have situations in your life that you, you know that you need to change, if you've never been baptized, what better time than this morning? To be grafted into the body, to be receive your support and strength from that holy vine of Jesus. If those that have strayed and you've wandered off and you realize that, it's come back to your roots. Come back to Jesus and let Him help you find the place that you need to be. And it may be that you're just facing a particular tough time. It's so easy during the holidays with all the hustle and bustle. We get distracted from what's truly important. If you need to refocus, if you need to repent of sin, if you need to be baptized, we come to the front. Together we stand as we sing.